1: Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome to your program Madrasa on Eid, the Hajj edition I'm your host Yasmina Peterson along with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in the studio We are in the history of Hajj and uh, I do know that you can send through your SMS as well as your WhatsApps if you want any clarification on what she has been mentioning you can send that through to 47913 and I'm sure that you probably know our WhatsApp number by now which is zero seven two. 2380712. To note that if you have sent through questions on Thursday and we did not cover that, we will be covering that after 3 o'clock this afternoon, inshallah. So do stay tuned for that. But for now, we are going to be doing a recap as to where Sheikh stopped on Thursday, inshallah, and then also continuing on that note. Sheikh, Alaikum.
0: Wa alaykum as wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
1: Sheikh, how are you doing this afternoon?
0: Fine, alhamdulillah. And how's yourself and Yasmina?
1: Am- alhamdulillah, Sheikh, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. Sheikh, alhamdulillah. I now hand over to Sheikh the opportunity in terms of starting off uh, our Madrasa program as well as doing a recap and also continuing as to
0: where we start. واحلل ابتت من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا بما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وارزقنا علم من الجلال والاكرام السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله thanks and praise due to Allah always and forever. And love and salam on our beloved Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the last and final messenger whom Allah has sent to this dunya to guide us from the type of life that we live to the righteous life of Islam. May Allah open the path for all of us and grant us to be Muslimin and to grant us to be worthy of that status and position. Love and salam upon him, his family, his friends, and all those who follow his path. Allah maja'al minhum. May Allah grant us to be amongst him. Ameen. Ameen, ya Rabbil Alameen and i was to be able to get into the dua of the initial dua inshallah a'udhu billahi minashaitanir rajim bismillahir rahmanir rahim alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin wal aqibatu lil muttaqin wal jannatu lil muhiddin illa udwana illa 'alal zalimin was salatu was salam 'ala anbiya anbiya'i wal mursalin sayyidina wa maulana muhammadin wa 'ala alihi wa ashabi ajma'in rabbana dhalamna anfusana fa illam taghfir وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم إنك عفو كريم تحب العفو فعفو أن اللهم إننا نسألك عن دك والجنة ونعود بك من سخطك والنار يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين اللهم رحم أمّة محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم رحمة عامة يا رب العالمين اللهم من أراد والمسلمين بسوء فأشغلهم في أنفسهم وجاء تدبيرهم في تدميرهم يا رب العالمين اللهم جاء لنا من كل هم فرجا ومن كل ضيق مخرجا ومن كل بلاء آفيا اللهم إننا نسألك العفو والعافية والمعافاة الدائمة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار برحمتك يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين اللهم جعل الحج اللهم جعل الحجاج حجهم حج مبرورة، والسعيهم <سؤال> سعي مشكورة، وذنبهم ذنب مغفورة، وعملهم صالح مقبولة، وتجارتهم لن تبور يا نور النور يا ما في السدور أخرجنا وإياهم من الظلمات إلى النور برحمةك يا أرحم الراحمين، وصل الله على سيدنا وملنا محمد، وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم، سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون، وسلام Al-Mursaleen of Alhamdulillah As for uh, to recap what we did last week We were busy with the history of Hajj And we've been to the extent where we came to the moment When Nabi Ibrahim had his son uh, He came from Palestine all the way And he told the wife that he what he came for And he uh, that he came to teach his son the skills of, of, of uh, hunting uh, hoping his son would be able to develop and grow and have the necessary skills to be able to be a man in the future and have to fulfill his responsibilities. And Nabi Ibrahim then took the son and went off until he reached a space where they were amongst the mountains. And Nabi Ibrahim said in the area of Muna and Nabi Ibrahim said to his son, he sat him down and he said to him, Ya Bunaya, inni arafil manami anni adhbahuq, ma mazhatara. O oh my beloved son, I saw in my sleep that I spoke to thee. What is your view? What is your opinion? What do you What do you understand of that? What, what do you think of that? abatif al satajiduni minas sabirin. And the son then responded to his father saying, O oh my father, O oh my beloved father, ya abatif al do as you've been commanded. Execute the command of Allah. Satajiduni You will definitely find me with the help and assistance of Allah To be of the people who have shown perseverance to the tests and the trials and the command calamities that Allah puts us through. That spoke a great lesson we said. The great lesson is the fact that this child has the capacity to be able to respond in the the father the way the 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 father least expected, but also was very, very proud of that, showing to us Allah has granted the son to be a person with deep insight, deep knowledge. But at the same time, we deduct the greatest and the glory and the wonder of the fact that the work of this mother who's been a single mother in the middle of the desert away from everything with all the obstacles that's possible that any man can meet up with everything that's uncomfortable and she managed to nurture that child to be a child of so much depth intimacy, compassion, love, care and at the same time, submission to Allah and respect for his dad, allah akbar what, what a status, what a position this child speaks at that moment obviously it both breaks the heart of the father and makes him ecstatically happy deeply happy deep with the fact that this child is submits, submitting to Allah in my pain and my worry and my concern my son just gave me all the support that there Allah-u-Akbar what a father, what a child what a status the very fact that allah mentions this records this in the holy quran and the recording is a part of this quran that will remain in existence until the last hour allahu akbar allah has recorded it Allah has captured it Allah has put it into this quran so that it can never ever be forgotten allahu akbar it becomes the message allahu akbar and so you and i understand the message and then there was a discourse between dad and son. The, the son said, dad, if you do not mind, tie me so that it doesn't become difficult for you to be able to slaughter me. Secondly, dad, take off my shirt and take it to my mom and ask of her to be passionate and to understand and I've offered myself in the course of what you, what Allah said to you and me with dad. And then the father took out his knife. And he was putting the knife on the neck of the throat. And the fa- son felt that as if there is a sense of worry and concern. I said to him, dad, don't worry. Depend on Allah. Do it for Allah's sake. Don't worry. And dad was hesitant, did not respond, absolutely hesitant, not hesitant not to to cut the throat, but hesitant in throating. But the fact that this child is speaking to him at moments like this, he finds that this thing would not do the cutting. This very sharp knife did not do the cutting. He just turned around and he touched onto the rock, and the rock split. Allahu Akbar, but it would not sail through the neck of the child. Allahu Akbar, Hamd. Alhamdulillah.
1: Shukran so much for that, Sheikh, and we are still kind of busy in the history of hajj and we are by the story where nabi ibrahim alaih had a dream that he must slaughter his son nabi ismail alaih and we got to a dead standstill in terms of when he wanted to slaughter the knife would not cut through the son nabi ismail alaih neck and yeshe is going to be continuing sheikh Tafaddon.
0: Shukran for and Before the break, we reached the stage where Nabi Ibrahim was doing the slaughtering and the, s- the, knife w- the knife would not do the cutting. Nabi Ibrahim was using everything in his power to be able to cut. And thus the son felt this and thought that the father is, must be hesitant. And thus he spoke to his dad, said to him, dad, that so to say, do not keep, don't let anything stop you, dad. And when Nabi Ibrahim realized what was happening, as we said, he turned around and he nudged the tip of the knife, touched the the stock, the rock, and it split the rock. Allahu Akbar! A solid rock split. But the throat, it would not go through the throat of the child. Nabi Ibrahim turned around and did it a second time. And the second time, it would not cut. He did everything he could. And the more the son spoke to dad and said to him, Daddy, carry on, be obedient, carry do what Allah wants you. And in seeing all this and realizing what's happening. Now remember this, nobody around, nobody sees it. There's nobody in Allah's whole creation that sees this of the human race. No animals, nothing around. No, Nobody observes this. Except for shaitan who's trying his best to be able to stop. And he says to Nabi Ibrahim, Are you doing this because just because of a dream? Why did you do this? Nabi Ibrahim picks up a stone and throws at him. And throws at him. Bismillah, Allahu Akbar. And he rushes off. The why it indicate to us that the son had the same process where, the, where we just before he met up with his dad, um, where we had to be sat down and to be spoken to. Uh, Shaitan come to the son and said to the son, Do you know why your dad is taking you out? He's not really showing you anything to do with, with, with hunting, but he's going to actually kill you. And the son paid, picked up a stone. And said, this cannot be, but again, this is shaytan playing, and said, Bismillah, Allahu Akbar, and threw the stone. Subhanak, la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And these different riwayat that indicate some of them says there were three different occasions, and that's the occasion of the pelting of jamarat on hajj. Allahu Akbar. To be able to realize that shaytan is going to be the inevitable whenever you need to be able to be obedient to Allah. He's going to do everything The promise that he made to Allah I'm going to break them down I'm going to fight them And there's not going to be an angle in their life Not a degree in their life of ibadah Or obedience Or submission to you Allah And I'm going to break it down And I'm going to do everything to offer them Worshipping everything and anything Besides thee Subhanak. Allah said to him, you can go. My good slaves will not follow your path. My obedient slaves will not follow your path. Those who want to, those who want to, they can follow your path. subhanak Na'udhu Billah. May Allah protect all of us. May Allah forgive us for our shortcomings. May Allah grant us understanding. The father turned a third time and tried again. And on the third time, Nabi Ibrahim tried again. Just before he tried again, he again played the sword and now he was wanted to be able to see how can he actually sharpen this knife thinking that the knife is not sharp but instead the touching of the blade to the to the rock that he wanted to made the rock break furthermore allahu akbar which meant it was so absolutely sharp that it had the capacity to even split the rock and here Nabi Ibrahim was now ready to cut in this time with pure intentions and And he did everything, commitment to be able to see that he be obedient to Allah That it's not his obedience and he tried again But the solid, the, 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 the sharp, excessively sharp knife Would not pierce through the thin and gentle and soft skin of the child Would not go through there but the permission of Allah now as we've said, nobody was in sight, nobody saw this, sees us, this, except for Allah, except for the Malaika. And when the Malaika saw this, they shouted to Allah, they screamed to Allah, they begged Allah, oh Allah, Ibrahim has submitted to your command, and his son Ismail has submitted, be merciful upon them. They saw this, and the passion that the love that they have for obedience to Allah they cry to oh, Allah give them something in replacement replace for them oh, Allah what is better or great or, or from your side and Allah chose when Nabi Ibrahim did the third time and the calling of the Malaikas at the back and they don't even hear it but Allah records Allah records in the Quran as to how the malaika in the Samawat, the billions of them is in vision of all this realize the submission of Allah Allah. So when you and I submit to Allah, there is not a moment that the malayik is not aware of our obedience. And when you are, and I, am, I are ready to want to be obedient to Allah, to go the extra mile to want to submit and to find it how difficult it may be or sometimes uncomfortable and unbearable it is to be able to fulfill the cause of Allah, to withstand the power against shaitan for the sake of Allah and carry out and be obedient to do it, then the malaika pleads to Allah and begs of Allah for successes for you and me. And that's what happened. And when the malaika call to Allah, tell Allah, tell it to the malaika, go to Jannah and fetch that sheep that the son of Nabi Adam has offered with sincerity. When he is deep, bring that uh, 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 sheep to me. And grant it to Ibrahim as a replacement for his son, Ismail. And so when Nabi Ibrahim turned around, he heard something at the back of him, the calling of a sheep. And he saw the Malak standing with the sheep next to him. And they offered him and they said to him, this is in replacement for what Allah has granted you as to your submission to be able, the fact that you were ready to carry out You even went as far calling to Allah for the love of a child. You cried and Allah gave you. Then Allah took the son away from you and you had to place him far away. You were prepared to do that. Then somewhat later Allah commanded you, now go and slaughter that son that you had so much wish and desire for, that you called for. And you were ready submitting to all that. But this son we've nurtured, we've reared with, in the cradle and on the lap of a mother was so much iman and and yaqeen and tawakkul in Allah that she nurtured him to become another Nabi to follow into your footsteps and to be submissive to your cause, O oh Ibrahim. Subhanak, and Ibrahim was extremely ecstatic and Allah has given you this as a replacement. And Nabi Ibrahim that to slaughter then, and he loosened his son And the son and the father was then in communication with the malak who actually told them about this, they submitted and they then had the sheep slaughtered and that brought about what we have today as the slaughtering of the sheep in Islam.
1: That is the voice of Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams giving us a brief understanding in terms of still being in the Hajj. He's still of Hajj, but for now, Sheikh, you can continue. And now we are going to be continuing as to where she stopped. Sheikh
0: Tafatul. We were busy on the slaughtering that took place with Nabi Ismail from his father Nabi Ibrahim. Subhanak la illa billah. We wanted to emphasize the fact of what Allah has allowed to become. A common ibadah that runs for eras for years to come. So we see within this historical process of the Hajj, and the issue of the whole family of Nabi Ibrahim, his son Ismail, and his wife Sayyidatina Hajra, how Allah has captured their life in history, in the ummah of the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that remains there continuously as much as on the aid of uh, Eid al-Adha the slaughtering of the sheep that becomes a sunnah in this ummah a very very strong sunnah which the Nabi sallallahu wa recommended us to at least Every year, every family may at least slaughter one sheep if they can. So the moment you're a family of your own, see that you actually work towards submission of Allah to slaughter one sheep because it's part of that enrichment and empowerment and submission to Allah. And especially in the words of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says to us, it is the best ibadah, the best B-E-S-T in capital letters, in exclamation marks, underlined, in highlight, Subhanakallahul wadakud best ibadah, according to the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, that we can do during the days of the the Hajj, the the days of Eid al Adha, and the, with that. That the best of ibadah in act is to be able to do the slaughtering the best of ibadah in verb in in word in what we say is to do the takbir through those days Ya Rab, may allah grant khair and barakah that you and i understand that you and i then strive and yearn to want to be obedient and want to do what allah and his Rasul wishes for us and we actually follow our lifestyle with that pattern of allah indicating to us that Muhammad SAW and his ummah will be living and executing the life and the obedience of Nabi Ibrahim and his family. Salawatullahi alayhim wa alayhi ala ajim ajjama'in. Ya Rabb, may Allah grant salawat upon them and their offspring, all of them. Ameen, Ya Rabb al-Adamin. Subhanak wa la quwwata illa billah. So uh, we see then that, uh, that, that that being the second process of the history of Nabi Ibrahim. And then somewhat years later, Nabi Ibrahim returned back. Um, when Allah, he, he went back and uh, went back to Palestine after the issue of the slaughtering of his son. And then when he came back somewhat later, Allah gave him instructions to come and rebuild the Kaaba. Allahu Akbar lillahi Hamd. Now, must probably for the benefit of our people, if you do not mind, if you go to Surah Safat, Surah number thirty-seven, verses one, uh, verses one o two, to one one one, from verses one o two, in Surah Safat, Surah number thirty-seven to verses uh, 102 to 111 from there you can see the issue of how Allah tells us what has happened with Nabi Ibrahim and his son subhanak la wa la illa billah and this qissa is part of the qissas told to us by Allah as we said nobody no human being was witnessing this only Allah and Allah has captured it to be of the greatest and the most important lessons and stories for mankind, to be able to relate, to tell, to inform our offspring and our kids continuously. Let us as dads and moms know this is part of the night, the night stories that we need to prepare our children at night when they need to sleep, that these things can play in their life and play in their lifestyles and in their minds and in their makeups, in developing them to be also one to be. Of those who follow the Sunnah Tariqah of Nabi Ibrahim, Salatu May Allah grant Khir and to all of us, right? So we now go to the process of where Allah has given the instruction to Nabi Ibrahim. And this then happened, Nabi Ibrahim has to return, and Allah puts in charge for Nabi Ibrahim a foreman. And this foreman is Jibreel Salatu Wasalam, who does everything. Almost probably, if, if the person is more in, in, known to the understanding of what happens on the building trade, the clock of works is Jibril aday salatu was The foreman, the the, the uh, 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 and he's the foreman, and the the uh, um, the, uh, the the, the person who's uh, uh, the uh, the builder, is Nabi Ibrahim aday salatu was and he's assistant. Is his son, Nabi Ismail. So Allah allows them to be able to do this process. The scaffolding has been supplied by Allah to do this job, to be able to build a structure bigger than what there is everywhere else around the world at that moment. A house that's going to be called the house of Allah, Baytullah. A place which Allah is going to be, be, be granted That it may be able to be relevant and to be pertinent Until the last hour for humanity on this earth Where the human right will have The human beings will have the right to come forth And from every corner of this world To come and make tawaf around it In submission to Allah and each and every prophet was ordered to do so and each and every one of them fulfilled the processes of having to be able to perform that tawaf. subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah and here the ummah of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam has been co- called by Allah to be also do the status to do this ibadah so when Nabi Ibrahim then had to build this Kaaba he built it his son as we said uh, uh, was, he's, he's the person that assisted him, and the two of them build the Kaaba. Um, Nabi Ibrahim was the builder, Jibril was the one who instructed Nabi, uh, Nabi Ibrahim what to do, and Nabi Ibrahim did as that. Now, um, it's probably it's good to know for us that Nabi Ibrahim was a builder. Nabi Nuh was a carpenter. Subhanak lahawla uh, uh, tells us to be to be skilled, developed Is a healthy, strong Islamic process that Islam wants for all of us The idea of many of us wanting to sit in offices And want to sit with knowledge and books And do things and works on the computer Is not as sacred in the sight of Allah As the fact that a person works with his hands And works with his body And uses skills and we see this with Nabi Ibrahim, we see this with Nabi Ismail, we see this with Nabi, Nabi Nuh, and so many of the other Anbiya, what role they, they had to play. Subhanak la hawla wa la illa billah. And so each and every we saw Nabi, Nabi uh, uh, Yusuf for that matter that became the, 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 the minister of, 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 of uh, social welfare to the public, to the community. And so to play any benefit to a for the benefit of humanity is a healthy act and it's a strong sunnah and don't ever dream that no, no, I'm only a plumber or I'm only a builder or I'm only a, 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 a electrician or everything that you do for the sake of Allah as long as you have your intentions your niya pure that whatever you do you do for the sake of Allah it's not for anything wrong that you do it. But so you can do it in offices, so you can do it in, comp- in the computers is, as long as we do our things for Allah's sake, Allah puts barakah into it. And Allah knows what's in our heart. And this is what, what Allah wanted to teach us through the process of what happened. And so Allah Ta'ala allowed Nabi Ibrahim to build the Kaaba. And the scaffolding, as I said, Allah Ta'ala supplied it. You know what the scaffolding was? The scaffolding became known as Maqam Ibrahim, the stone that was sent to Nabi Ibrahim to stand on, and when he stand on that stone, he actually consolidated his feet so firm, and the stone would move to where the need is. Must he move to the right? To the left? Must he move up or must he move down? That the stone Allah put that got in the quality of the the thoughts and the dreams of Nabi Ibrahim in his mind would walk hand in hand with the stone in its movement. And you and I today have got the press buttons of the the, 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 the shafts uh, shafts and in the lifts that's moving up and down in the world, isn't it? Subhanaklahulla Now if these are created by you and the human being and our small minds we has got no power. What then he who created all shafts? The shaft is the heavens and the skies. He who created the lifts that is Subhanaklah that travels right through the, uh, the distance of 500,000 500, million kilometers. Or light years, not kilometers. Allahu Akbar. Is it impossible to be able then to have something like a maqam Ibrahim? Something insignificant. And listen to Allah. And Allah Ta'ala says, Woman دَخْلَهُ And Allah says of the great signs that Allah Allah has placed in Makkah Of Allah's great signs The scholar says when Allah calls it of Allah's great signs It seems insignificant to the people that is around But it's of the greatest signs And Allah wanted to say to us Do not see the insignificant things to you as being insignificant It might look to you insignificant But these are great signs of Allah Of those great signs and Allah calls upon them Maqamu Ibrahim. Ma- Allah says Maqam Ibrahim is one of the great signs of Allah. And this is why great sign of Allah is used to be able to build the Kaaba. And when Allah is, bu- when, he is b- when the Kaaba was completed, Nabi Ibrahim and his son called to Allah and they said, to, Oh Allah, guide us, Oh Allah, guide us to what is the... This is the Kaaba we understand. You asked us to build it, we build it. Guide us and show us the method of having to fulfill the Tawaf. To keep that relationship with you. And to be able to fulfill all the ibadat of Hajj. Instruct and show us and guide us to that. Subhanak And Allah then instructed them and Allah showed them. Then thereafter, Allah Ta'ala invited Nabi Ibrahim, asked Nabi Ibrahim, go forward. Ibrahim, go forward. And invite humanity to come and perform the hajj. Let them go and go inv- invite the human race. So Nabi Ibrahim said, Oh Allah, the human race? How, 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 how will it happen? Allah says, you do the calling. You call out to them. You make the adhan to them. You make the adhan. You call them. You give them the invitation. And don't worry, I will give it to them. And when it reaches them, they will respond to this invitation. Subhanak. And Nabi Ibrahim went onto the mountain path. And he went to give the invitation. And Allah says to us in the Holy Qur'an, O Ibrahim, go and invite humanity, the human race, all of them, each and every one of them, Muslim and every other religion, invite all of them. Man will come. وَعَلَىٰ ضَامِرِهِ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ ضَامِرٍ Using every form of vehicle that there is. يَأْتِينَ مِنْ They will come from distant valleys and far off lands. لِيَشْهَدُوا مَنَافِعَ To witness your great favour upon, the favour of Allah till upon them. وَيَذْكُرِ اسْمَ اللَّهِ And to remember Allah in those great times. May Allah open the path for all our judge, inshaAllah. Amen. Alhamdulillah, we were mentioning what Allah said to Nabi Ibrahim and Allah said وَأَذِّن فِي النَّاسِ Or Ibrahim Invite mankind to the hajj. And we said how Nabi Ibrahim responded and Allah granted Nabi Ibrahim to do the act and Allah then allowed to reach the processes of all of us, those people who are Muslim of the Ummah of the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam today. And we find that the Hajj has been something that people carry out onto. And thus, we said that these issues of how we understand that Allah has put the uh, uh, history of Hajj in the Quran for us to understand and so that we can realize the quality and the value of this ibadah. And the rules and the regulation is in the Quran and even the aspect of the, 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 the historical process too, that you can understand and appreciate that ibadah if you and I fulfill it. And Allah said to Nabi Ibrahim and gave him the responsibility to make the calling, to make the, the calling for humanity, to give the invitation to humanity. And he said, but how will it reach them? And Allah says, you do it and we will allow it to reach them. Subhanak, hawla wa quwwata illa billah. And Nabi Ibrahim did it. Went down the mountain path and called upon... and to humanity to come and perform the hajj and allah allowed it to happen And up till now today alhamdulillah there is a time when millions attend performing the hajj from everywhere around the world and allah, allah says ya wa ala kulli damirin. when mankind will come from every angle to this earth they will use all the different forms of vehicles these, min kulli fajin amik, from every distant corner of this world in the deep valleys and the high mountain paths from every angle they will be a muslim submitting to Allah ready to want to be able to to worship Allah from everywhere Allahu akbar Min kulli fajjin amik, And then Allah is the reason and the purpose that Allah puts there Here Allah utilizes the scholar says Allah puts the purpose down for hajj and so that the, the people that goes for Hajj understand <laughs> That they may be able to witness how fortunate they are. They may be able to witness with their own common sense Using their own minds and see with their own eyes and their own ears See how fortunate and how rich they are And oh how much has Allah honored and revered them And selected them and given them so much of what He has of this dunya Allahu Akbar <laughs> And Allah says that they may be able To witness the favor And at the same time That they may be able to establish A strong intimate link with themselves And the Lord In a severe and strong relationship as what we call intense of zikrullah subhanak lahulah wa yadhkuris madhlah fi ayyamin ma'lumatin in those wonderful days of hajj ala ma razaqahum as to the things that Allah has granted them مِنْ an arm Of the animals that has granted them to be able to use to slaughter. Here yeah, again another encouragement of Allah on the Hajj. Wanting to say to the people that go to See that you slaughter, use of your wealth to want to slaughter for Allah's sake. A dam or a, or a hadi. Or even something for, for Allah's like, like if there's not anything that you have done that's wrong. If we've been to Allah and, and just somebody, so make it a wish and a strong desire that we want to slaughter. Allah, ala ma min And then Allah says, And see that you eat of it. And that you also feed. To the poor and the needy, that's in the the the, the sacred place of Hajj at that time. Ya Rab, may Allah grant khair and to all of us. May Allah grant us understanding. May Allah open the path for all of us. And this Allah has granted to us is for us to be able to execute to ta'ala's ibadat and carry it out for the sake of Allah, so that you and I can be granted the great glory and honor of Allah Ta'ala, Subhanak, may Allah grant khair and barakat all of us grant us to be of those people who want to be obedient, who want to carry out, and want to do what is best for us from Allah Ta'ala's side, so that you and I can actually do this ibadah of hajj to the best of our abilities. So we come to the moment where we indicated to you that the, f- the fact of the, the slaughtering happened via Nabi Ibrahim, but Allah also shows us the slaughtering from the side of the Hajj as to how Nabi Ibrahim had to build this Kaaba and how are they collected, connected the slaughtering and the pelting of Jamarat and the, 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 the sigh between Safa and Marwa and the Tawaf at the Kaaba connected them all together under the banner of the Hajj and the Ibadat of Hajj Subhanak wa la How fortunate when we see, when we look Our life on Hajj is a replica of the action of Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, his son Ismail and his wife Hajra. May Allah's mercy descend upon all them and grant us to be those who want to follow in their their footsteps and that we need to become proud for who they are and take the wonderful lessons of what they've left behind so that you and I can come back from our Hajj, that we can be Strong enough to want to live their life when we return. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. So that brings us to the end of the basic understanding of the history of Hajj. Uh, I, I need to take us to another step that comes after this the step of how does that touch the history of Hajj, touch the life of our Ummah, our Nabi Muhammad may Allah open the path for all of us and grant us to be able to go into that path, as far as uh, as soon as we probably can go to that extent, inshaAllah.
1: Shukran, so much for that Sheikh the voice there of Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. And this is of course the time in which we are going to be paying some attention to some of your questions that has come through. However, before we continue, in terms of our next segment being how does the history of Hajj impact the lifestyle of our Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? We will be looking at those questions who came through on Thursday, which was the third of August, and the questions that came through via SMS as well as via WhatsApp. Now the first question that came through on Thursday, in which we did not mention Sheikh and it says here from the number 080875 what
0: is the situation when a person has committed zina and then wants to go for hajj <laughs> um, obviously the one aspect is this the person is opening up to an era that is nobody's business when I say nobody's business um, this person is wanting to be able to admit to him or herself who they are and they're not wanting to take this to the public. It's the public question that they're asking and, and and I don't think it's somebody who's pointing pinpointing fingers at somebody else. May Allah open the path. So if this person is doing this for the sake of Allah for herself or himself, may Allah grant him forgiveness and pardon. I take it for granted that a person who has done any act that is isn't just such as an act mentioned by the person, then the necessity for Toba is a fault if we want to be able to come clear and Toba is to hate to hate to the worst extent to hate what I've done and to feel so bad about it to feel excessively bad, and I feel i'm i I'm, I'm, I'm the worst of people to feel bad from in for what I've done and then to ask Allah to pardon. And Allah says in the Holy Quran, صلى الله عليه Please tell them, O oh my slaves, those who've harmed yourselves to the worst extent. Billion times worse than that, what we've we just mentioned right now. Who've done the worst of zina, the worst of riba, the worst of... Dis- disobedience, the worst of everything! لا من رحمة الله. Don't give up hope to the mercy of Allah Allah is merciful and Allah can forgive Allah is prepared and want to forgive Allah wants to offer forgiveness especially for that person who can blame nobody but blame themselves In Allah يَغْفِرُ جَمِيعًا Allah forgives every sin from the other angle. If any person goes for Hajj and has done anything, and I was probably just want to be able to bring it to our minds, please, as I've said at the beginning, let us not be of those who want to judge others. Because the judgment must be held against you and me. So don't, you can never. Ever be a judge you're not worthy of a judge so if you have asked the question to want to judge and keep it against others please take it back immediately and make repentance your son is greater than that person because you want to be the judge and only Allah is the judge do you want to take Allah's job do you want to take the job of your Lord Allah it is not your job don't judge please you are in greater sin than that person who's done all the riba, who's done all the bitter, who's done all the, 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 the fornication. And you want to judge that person? Your Lord is prepared to forgive them. Do you think you can be better than your Lord? Do you think you can decide for your Lord? Do you think you want to please Take it immediately back. Hate to know that you've asked the question in that sense. Hate to know it. Hate to know that you've been the one to judge others. That you are the sinner. That you in your very, very fact that you're judging, you're doing the work of your Lord. You want to take his right. You are making shirk. You're almost making kufr. Don't go there. Don't judge, please. Beg Allah rather to forgive everybody else. So that Allah can find mercy to f- forgive you and me. Let us not be of those who wants to ask the questions to keep it against other people. For you and I, in the words of our Nabi, your Nabi and mine, He, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, says, "Qulubna Adam khutat." Every child of Adam, your peer, your mufti. Your sheikh, your Mawlana, your great personality, your, your, your scholars, you, do you think wonderful of? They are all great sinners of Allah. They are slaves which are sinners. They all have all weaknesses and faults and errors. Subhanak, you and me. But the best of those sinners are those people who can come back to Allah. And that not I... Neither you will know. Who says to you the person that you speak of or think of has not turned to Allah for pardon many years ago while you are still judging them, looking on them, and Allah sent their clothes slit clean long ago because Allah find many ways in love of this ummah to want to pardon them, even they've been the worst of sinners. Let's not look around. Let's not try and find the faults of error and errors of others. But look in ourselves. See within ourselves, do introspection. For introspection, don't give me chance to look at others. And be truthful when you do that. Don't ever judge you on yourself On the basis of this person and that person Because then you're turning your back onto yourself And you judge your bad deeds as good deeds And you think you're an angelic devil You're an angelic devil You're most probably stronger devilish than the devil But you think yourself as an angel May Allah protect all of us None of us can become malaika but none of us Ishqat on themselves, except for those who are ready to want to judge other people. Allah Subhanahu Taala is ready, no matter what than anybody has done. The day he goes for Hajj, the only guarantee that there is on the Hajj is the words of Allah Taala for the Malaika that Allah Taala said on the day of Arafah to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when Allah Taala says. Afidu, aybadi, maghfuran lakum. Waliman istaghfartum Tell my slaves, inform them. All the hujjaj that's been there ever since the time of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Afidu, afada yufidu. Ibadi, go, oh my slaves. Maghfuran lakum. I've pardoned you in totality. I've given you a complete clear slate. man istaghfartum if you ask pardon on behalf of anybody else, if you ask Allah to forgive any other sickness, weak person, any other slave of Allah, I have forgiven each and every thing, one of them as well. So Ya Rab, La Hawla Wa La Billah Billah If that is Allah, are we ready to want to judge, to want to be the judges of other people? May Allah protect, may Allah open the path for all of us, inshaAllah.
1: I mean, shukran so much for that, for answering that question, Sheikh But now we are heading over to some of the other questions that has come through via our WhatsApp And it says here, Assalamualaikum Sheikh If you go for Umrah with the intention of paying your debt when you return and they do so, will that be acceptable?
0: Uh, mashallah, alhamdulillah First and foremost, I must say, alhamdulillah, if a person has an intention, and a good intention May Allah accept your good intentions But we must also understand Islam speaks to us uh, not about good intentions. Good intentions is always positive when it's been followed up by positive actions. So you cannot have a good intention and the action is not not positive. So what is a a non-positive action? You have a debt that you owe somebody and you want to have a good intention of having to pay the person afterwards. What if you die? So what happens to your intention? Do you think Allah is going to accept your intention then? No. Because Allah and His Rasul tells us to be able to get rid of our debt as soon as possible, especially if it's something that you owe others. And if it's that you have something in your your, uh, 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 company that belongs to other people that doesn't belong to you, that you get rid of those as soon as possible, because you do not know when death is going to come upon us. Debt is something But death is the reality. And if we do not prepare ourselves for the reality, then we haven't prepared ourselves for the processes of the umrah or the hajj. So the understanding of of having a good intention, and it doesn't work in cooperation with what comes from Allah and His Rasul, then you can have a million good intentions. That's not going to be accepted. May Allah forgive us for, for all that. Good intentions, if it's followed up by righteous actions, actions that is pertinent to it, that that fits fits it perfectly well. But you can't have a good intention, inshallah, one day I'm going to pay the person and I enjoy life and I go for luxuries and for, for picnics and I go for traveling in the world, but I owe people. That is not a good intention. That is a weak, very, very weak intention. A good intention is which has positive actions to it. And the action in this case is that the debt must be seen to prior to have that good intention. May Allah open the path, inshallah.
1: Shukran so much, Sheikh. Those are the questions that came through on Thursday, already, the 3rd of August, in which we have covered. And now on to the ones that has come through today on our WhatsApp number. Says, Salam, Imam, I just, know, I just want to know, I know that Sheikh was speaking about Qurban, but can you akika for a man that's 21 because we were never by the means when he was a child? Shukran
0: aqika, um, according to the scholars, is something that needs to happen in the youth of a child, preferably before he becomes mukallif. Um But you can slaughter and you can actually have a qurban for him if you didn't have a aqiqah for him. Have the qurban because he has gone over the age of mukallaf already.
1: Shukran Sheikh And then a question that has come through And this person is asking on behalf of someone else This is here Assalamualaikum Hope you're well She wants to know Her husband is very really sick In case he passed on before her leaving for Hajj now Can she still go Or is it wajib to sit her Ida period Is it a farad or a sunnah
0: Okay I hear that as sister is asking And I, as this is, the person said I'm asking on behalf of somebody else She's asking the question of what needs to happen with the idda period. Should I, can I go for Hajj or shall I wait for the Iddah when it's happened, when the person has passed on here? Let me tell the person who's sitting and waiting for the person, uh, uh, also asking in the question, can I still go for my Hajj? In the effect of that person, the woman, who's sitting next to her husband that's very, very sick, For her not to go for hajj this year and wait until Allah takes him away or that Allah brings him back from his sicknesses would be better for her to be able than having to go for hajj. So that automatically takes out the situation about the iddah because if the husband passes away before she leaves, she must sit for the iddah for her not to go for Hajj now this year and to inform saw of the circumstances of the sickness of her husband is greater in the sight of Allah for what she's gonna do than having to want to go for Hajj because Hajj is not a necessity when there is a calling and a need such as a partner and a husband who's in need because the entry for your Jannah is the satisfaction of your husband to allow your time and your effort and your commitment and the greatest gift, the greatest ibadah a woman can do, or every woman can do is to serve her husband till the very very end, to be at his service and to offer whatever she can and to break her bones and to go the extra million miles to serve him in this dunya for Allah's sake. That is greater in ibadah by Allah than having to even go for Hajj, even though Hajj is a fard upon her and she can still go and perform Hajj in the future and she needs to inform Sahuk of the circumstances so she said if, if Allah grants her that she comes back next year that she needs to be part of the hujaj for next year inshallah but she needs to do that ASAP because she doesn't know what the circumstances hold it might be that Allah brings her husband back from that very sickness and make him a healthy person to be able to be on her side for Hajj next year,
1: inshaAllah. I mean, on that, and then another question that has come through says, Assalamualaikum to all, what will happen if I don't ask forgiveness from those that I've spoken ill about?
0: I think the person asks the question and gives the answer. If I don't ask forgiveness to the people which I've spoken ill about, I know I've spoken ill about them. Nobody else can forgive me, they uh, it's, it's them I spoke about. So I need to go to them. I cannot go to others. I can ask Allah to plant uh, coolness in their heart to pardon me when I go to them and ask them forgiveness. I can beg Allah, I need to go to Allah first and beg Allah to plant, put in their heart at sins, But not to go there with expectation. But I need to go to none other. Not to their mums, not to their children, not to their family members But to go to the person that's spoken ill of And beg of the person and say to the person how bad I feel for what I've done And how bad I feel how low I've sunk To become of those bad people to speak ill of you Whilst I must probably are oh, worse than you So please I beg your forgiveness For I want Allah to forgive me right? So it's a necessity that I must go to that person and say to that person I've spoken ill about you, I've lied behind your back, I've spoken ill, I've spoken things about you which was not true, I've done it, I'm a sinner and I've been deep with the process of shaitan but I want to come back to the path of Allah and without your forgiveness I cannot get there. Please make make space for me for the forgiveness of Allah, please. May Allah open the path for all of us.
1: Shukran so much, Sheikh. And another question that has come through, Salam, Sheikh, is it a sin if one didn't do akika for one's children before they become mukallaf? And if so, then how does one rectify the situation? Shukran.
0: If we haven't done the akika for the children before they become mukallaf, then see that we actually slaughter for each and every one of them in the form of karban, ASAP. Shukran,
1: right. Sheikh. And then another one that has come through it says, as-salam, is it haram to host a high tea To use the money to do, to go for hajj or for umrah It's a fundraiser
0: No fundraiser raises is, is haram In doing it for, for purposes of hajj or ibadah Like in any business that you do As long as you do it for the sake of Allah And you do everything correctly Please see that we don't give a high tea Or a... Or a uh, eat and treat and then we have the music play and play and haram singing and wrong dancing and people dressed with kufur and wrongful things and expect to be able to have barakah in it for somebody who wants to go for hajj please, rectify the processes, remember this is an ibadah of a high standard Maybe the, the highest standard of ibadah is hajj, so the, of the things that you want to everything that you want to put to one side, so you can't have a band and music and, and facade of women and facade of people with, with wrong. Don't expect positivity to come from there. May Allah protect. May Allah grant us to be able to recognize when we do things that we do it in the proper way so that there's nothing wrong. Business, even in the high form of Haiti, if everything is halal, is accepted by Allah. Shukran
1: Shik. And then from another uh, listener that uh, forward through the, the Question on WhatsApp: It says Assalamualaikum, Sheikh. If I should go for Umrah or Hajj, but I still owe the bank a home loan, will my Hajj be accepted? Shukran in advance.
0: The acceptance of Hajj doesn't come from a person like me who speaks with you here. The acceptance of Hajj comes from Allah. And the way we need to be able to go about is find out what is Allah expected for me to do. Because not me in any other sheikh or mawlana or mufti upir can tell you whether your hajj will be accepted or not. Acceptance comes from Allah. And acceptance happens only when it is in submission to what Allah and His Rasul expects of us, right? So your duty for having to find out what is it that Allah wants for me, and having to see that I do it in that accordance, will grant us to have our Hajj being accepted by Allah. May Allah grant acceptance for the hujaj and all those who have gone for Hajj, inshaAllah but when it comes to having to owe things to see that you get rid of your banking uh, for your banking because of i mean for the for the, the loan that you've had with the bank as soon as possible will be greater in the sight of allah than having to use the money for going for hajj
1: shukran sheikh and then another question that came through says as alaikum is it a far to perform qurbani every year i'm a pensioner female
0: um it's not a far to perform qurbani every year It is strongly recommended for the Nabi that at least every family must must at least have the qurban of one sheep in their family every year.
1: And then another question that came through, Sheikha says, Assalamualaikum, Sheikh, can a person do akika on Eid al Adha and the days of slaughtering, or will it be better to just do the qurban on those days and the akika at a later stage? Shukran.
0: The akika could be done on the days of slaughter. And the qurban can be done on the days of slaughter. But on the days of slaughtering, it's only the slaughtering that is the greatest ibadah at that time. So if we think of wanting to do great ibadah in that time and would have maximum value in the sight of Allah, then we slaughter for the sake of Allah in the days of slaughtering better than having to do the Akika in those days. Because you've got the whole year to do akikah through.
1: Sheikh and then the last question that has come through on our WhatsApp number it says salam Sheikh I have four sons who has passed the who has passed the mukalla stage can I kurban one sheep and niya for all of them or must I kurban one sheep for each one
0: when it comes to aqika in the words of the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam we need to offer two sheep for every boy that we need to slaughter uh, for two two uh, uh, sheep needs to be slaughtered for every son that needs to be that for the akika purpose if it did not happen in your field you want to do then because of poverty person you're in poverty and you cannot then slaughter one sheep because you can but at least try to slaughter one sheep every year and ask allah to accept it and have it slaughtered on their names it'd be better than having to slaughter one sheep and just say because i cannot afford now you cannot afford now you might afford in the future insha'allah all of us.
1: Alhamdulillah, we have come to the end of our Q&A session here on uh, the Hajj program being Madrasa on E And now we are going to be heading on to another topic And that is in terms of how does the Hajj, the history of Hajj, impact on the lifestyle of our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu And yeah, I'm going to be giving over to Sheikh just to do a brief introduction before we break for the Wakt of Asr Inshallah, Sheikh Tafattal
0: Shukran, Jazakallah <laughs> Khair for that one, yasmina we now has as as and Yasmina has introduced it the the introduction of of the uh, the effect of the life of our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in relationship to the Hajj. Now this is all part of the history of the Hajj that we need to understand. Um, our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had a, a great grandfather by the name of Hashim. And Hashim was one of the leaders of the Quraysh tribes. Um, they were the, what is known to be the Sada, the people, the, the great personality who's been the princess in, in, in that time of the Quraysh, who led the, 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 the people. And he was a wonderful person with good character. The people loved him. Beautiful behavior and mannerism. They loved him for the personalities. Hashim, he was the great grandfather of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Hashim traveled off to, to business in Syria and uh, uh, he then left Mecca, and he went off and he got to the place called Yathrib and then Yathrib he had some friends and people that he knew in business and he went to them and he then got there and when he got there he managed to get married to one of their daughters so he got married to one of their daughters with the intention to carry on on his journey to go into uh, Syria, and then when, after coming back from Syria, he intends to take the, the bride of him to, off to Makkah, where the bride will be there with, with him in Makkah. But it so happened that Hashim travelled off from Yathrib after he has been to, Yath, to Yathrib, got married to one of their daughters there, stayed there for a few days and interacted with, the, with his wife, and then left off to Syria. And in Syria in the middle he were ilayhi Hashim passed on the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam's great-grandfather and then when Hashdi, Hashim power pa- passed on after some time after some years the news went around that the fact is that Hashim got married because the people on the on the caravan that was with Hashim informed in, the, the, the the leaders of of Quraysh that their brother Hashim got married in, in Yathrib. And then one of the brothers of Hashim uh, Muttalib went to Yathrib to find out more about the bride. And then, when, in his quest to be able to come to know more about th- what happened to the bride, and this is his brother's wife and what happened to her, he came to find that she became pregnant, she gave birth, and there was a little boy that was born. And then, uh made it his duty to be able to visit them constantly. And he then built a relationship with himself, between himself, as representative of Quraysh and the family that Hashim got married to. And he made the constant relationship with them and made them understand that this child that was born, this child ought to be one of the leaders of Quraysh, because he is a Qurayshi. He comes from his father's a Qurayshi. His father is one of the side of Quraysh. So obviously, he, as he develops in life, needs to become part of them. And he then introduced. He then in uh, requested of the mother, and the child to come over to makkah And they did not manage to give the agreement of the the mother to go the mother didn't accept to go she stayed on and she gave permission for them to take the child after some years as he grew up that child when he was born she named him Shaibatul Hamd now Shaibatul Hamd the reason why she named him Shaibatul Hamd is she saw when he was born the day there was a streak of grey hair in his head Amongst his head, amongst the hair, there was a streak of grey hair. And she called it Shaiba to hamd the, 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 the greyness of gratitude and thanks to Allah. Allahu Akbar, that's what she said, and what she gave the name of this child. And this child got used to Muttalib, and interacted with Muttalib, whenever he, as the uncle, used to come and visit and had to be have an interaction with him until there came the day that they gave permission to uh, to Muttalib uh, to be uh, to able to take Shaybatul Hamd with him. And that day when he took Shaybatul Hamd with him and they travelled off to Makkah, and they brought him into Makkah, he was a young boy, youngster, but he had got, he's he got no relatives or relationship with any of the rest of the relatives that he is, his cousins, his nephews, his nieces, his uncles and aunts and people of that nature. There wasn't a relationship with him, so he had only this relationship with Muttalib, and he kept very, very close to Muttalib, and wherever Muttalib moved, he used to move. But this attitude or this action done by Shaybatul Hamd was also a common act amongst the people of Quraysh. In the fact that the Qurayshis, the people of Quraysh, the leaders, whenever they traveled and they went off outside and they had to go and went to the markets and sold things at the markets wherever in the world, and they saw that there was a place that there was uh, um, slaves sold, they bought slaves. And some of these slaves were youngsters, young boys. And they would take them... And then these slaves will be given names as the name of their master. Like for instance, in the occasion of Shaybatul Hamd, he became known by his by the people of Makkah as Abdul Muttalib, the slave boy of Muttalib. Because Muttalib is the person who actually brought him to Makkah. And they thought initially he was a slave boy. So they gave him the name Abdul Muttalib. But his real name was Shaibatul Hamd, the name that his mother gave to him. He then became known in history as Abdul Muttalib, known to us today as the grandfather of our Nabi Muhammad wasallam. And Abdul Muttalib, Allah Allah granted him to be able to develop amongst his cousins and to grow with them. And when they became the young age of teenagers... They were nurtured by the, re- the leaders of the, the Quraysh to say to them, you are going to become the leaders of Quraysh in the future. So you need to take certain responsibilities now in developing because leadership means taking the load and being seeing that you take charge and guiding the processes for the benefit of humanity. And they took over the processes and amongst them, Shaibatul Hamd were the only one who was then known as Abdul Muttalib was the only one that was an orphaned child his father was not around which is Hashim al-marhum may Allah grant him khair and baraka Hashim as the his father there was no father so he was an orphan child in his, in the way he was born he was born as an orphan he didn't have his father around because his father died in in as we said in in Syria In actual fact, he he died in the area called Gaza today, at the market called Gaza. In Gaza, there is exactly what is known to us as as Gaza, the Gaza that's many times in the battlefields today. That is the area that Shabbat, that uh, uh, Hashim went to make the business and bring bring the stocks off to Mecca, but he passed on in Gaza, in in Syria, or in, in, in Sham, which is Palestine. سُبْحَانَكْ wa la quwwata illa billah. So Allah ta'ala granted the process of later on, Shaybatul Hamd was brought by his uncle by the name of Muttalib, and he became known as Abdul Muttalib. And that name, Abdul Muttalib, which was not his real name, was the name that history recorded for him, because he was then becoming known by the people in Makkah as Abdul Muttalib. And we said when he became one of those youngsters and he developed and he was, they in actual fact had to give every one of the youngsters a job. And obviously their fathers, their fathers was around. It was very, very easy for them to get those beautiful and wonderful relationships of status and position. And they gave an uncomfortable load to Abdul Muttalib. And what was that load? They said to him, it will be your duty that you need to become the minister of water, if water works in Mecca. Now in the desert land where there was water, almost to be found nowhere, very, very seldom is there water. He was given this job as having to be the minister of waterworks. And he had to see that he serves the people of Makkah, that they have water all the time. And that whenever there any uh, a group of people from anywhere around the world comes, that he serves them with water. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah And at that moment in time in history was a difficult task And it was not easy for them to be able to do that But Abdul Muttalib took to his responsibility And he tried to do whatever he can And did what his best is to see That he gets water for the people of Makkah on a continuous basis And that was his job, Lord and being that his job made for him very, very, very uncomfortable and drained him through the processes. May Allah grant khairan baraka. We hope to take you further, inshallah, after this tomorrow or so, inshallah. Mm-hmm. Let us make the final dua. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim wal Asr. Inna l'insan ala fi husr. Inna amanu wa salihat. Wa-tawasaw wa-tawasaw la ilaha illa anta, ilaik, <laughs>
1: that concludes our madrasan on e program and stay tuned tomorrow same time same place for the continuation on uh, this segment of the program that is of course the Hajj edition from myself yasmina Peterson along with everyone on board i bid be... you assalamu alaikum wa wa